Hi, today is January 16th. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast or future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Apple, Boeing, NVIDIA, and AMD. Thanks. Just as a reminder, I want to let everyone know that the market will be, in fact, closed on Monday. So take the time to do some due diligence on stocks you might like, do some you know, due diligence on your own positions, understand what your max losses are, where you lose, where you win, and maybe what plays you would like to do to optimize your current plays on Tuesday. Uh, first order of big news, uh, the platform, ThetaGain.com, crossed 10,000 users this week, which was pretty huge milestone. Um, I mean, this has just been the bigger number that I've been looking towards, and we finally achieved it uh, in the beginning of 2021. Um, it took about a year uh, to get up to 10,000, so you know we'll have a good estimate of just like how fast we grow on a bigger scale at the end of 2021 when we get into 2022. But I just want to give a quick shout out to like everyone that's participating on the platform, making the platform fun, but also informative for other people to use. And uh, it's just a blast maintaining and building the platform for you guys and girls. I also want to give a quick shout out to a few people that have been sending me just original content, creative content for the website and or stream. Um, You know, you can feel free to send me like mocks of whatever you'd like to create. And if I like it, you know, if it's in the style of like just the theme of everything. Uh, I'll in fact give you like the original files so that whatever you produce is like actual usable content. Right now, what I see people doing is they're screenshotting like um, my header banner on Twitter for the Thetian logo. Um, if you create a mock and I like it, I'll use it, I'll give you credit. Um, but I'll also give you the original file so it doesn't end up blurry and whatnot. So just know that like, you know, it's not going to be a dead effort if you wanted to create something for the stream or a website. Um, just send it to me an email. If I like it, I'll send you back the original file or uh, anything you might need to make it come true. Um, just thank you so much to everybody that's, you know, constantly um, helping this one man show. It gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside when, you know, people are sending me uh, just content that I didn't even ask for. It's, it's amazing to see. Um, what passion can incite in people Um, because you know you wouldn't do this for like anybody else or uh, if you do it has to be coming from like I don't know a really cool place in your mind you don't just do this for like just out of the blue for fun but you want to help and that's really cool to top off the weekly play section um, after close on Monday, even though, you know, it's a holiday, it says that Logitech is reporting on this earnings whispers chart. Don't know how true that might be. Use your own DD there. Uh, before open on Tuesday, you have Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, uh, and Charles Schwab. After close on Tuesday, you have Netflix. Um, before open on Wednesday, you have Procter & Gamble, as well as Morgan Stanley, U.S. Bank Corp, um, Citizens Financial Group. After close on Wednesday, you have Discover, United Airlines. Um, before open on Thursday, um, nothing notable here. I see that there's a fuel cell energy company, but that might just be hype. Uh, after close on Thursday, um, there's Intel and IBM. 
Uh, and then before open on Friday, the legendary allies, <laughs> the ally bank. <laughs> As a quick note, it seems like emphasis for this week is banks, seeing how they're doing uh, in terms of like how they're handling interest rates and the new inflow of like loan applications and all that good stuff. Um, there's also some semiconductors reporting. That's Intel. Um, you know, IBM is tech, not so much semiconductors. Um, and Netflix just being part of the Fang, you know, the Fang group. Uh, it's just gonna be interesting to keep an eye on it. And Netflix has benefited a lot from quarantine, um, so we'll just see what the not ramification, but just seeing what the uh, aftermath is like um, for Netflix in terms of what they do with the new inflow of money. Like, are they going to be expanding um, international films? Are they going to be trying to get more of the China population or um, as a customer base um, and all that fun stuff? Also, um, quick note, as I'm recording this live with the Twitch chat, uh, user Mako Drake um, mentioned, hey, Junie, looks like Plaid might be going public via SPAC, opinions on Plaid, and I look a little bit into it, and the Visa Plaid deal seemed to have not gone through. Um, as you all know uh, and may have listened to in the podcast, I really, really like Plaid and what they do. They make dev life a lot easier for fintech. Um, I thought that the Visa acquisition of Plaid was huge, um, but if they were to go public on their own, uh, I like that decision too. So more details later, but that was just really cool to know from the chat. Oakley Doakley, uh, the new ThetaGain.com website updates. Uh, trades and posts are now filterable by trade type. Uh, I also did that live on Twitch uh, last night. Got it done in about like an hour and a half. Um, it was just really cool getting it done uh, in one sitting without the stream crashing. And if you want to go and see um, you know, how it's implemented and what the code base looks like, you can go to twitch.tv slash realthetagain. Um, it's just really me. You see the, the, just the entire process of what goes into designing a feature and then implementing it. Um, and it was just really fun. Um, I also fixed a small rounding issue um, with profit loss. want to give a quick shout out to Saltwater Cure for bringing that up to my attention. And then I also just moved around some uh, UX uh, for like columns to better align uh, with the headers uh, for certain you know views of the website. Uh, just to make it look a little bit better. Um, that's about it. But I really do hope you guys and girls enjoy the trades and posts being filterable now by trade type. That's been asked for quite some time now. And uh, yeah, just as a preface, uh, you need to, or not preface, but just to tack on there, um, you need to be logged in to see the uh, filter. Thanks. Okay, so moving on to uh, today's topic, the best trading style for a 10K portfolio. Um, the previous episode was trading uh, with a 5K or less portfolio. I'd imagine that's my main demographic. 
Um, this one's for the 10K portfolio. And I just want to preface this segment with a few things that I am assuming. So when I say that you have a 10K portfolio, I'm assuming that you don't have just like thousands of dollars lying around, that you worked either really hard for this uh, and saved up for it. Um, you could have also gotten very lucky on buying puts or buying calls and suddenly you have a five digit figure. This five digit figure is really big for a lot of people, right? When you get that five digit number on your Robinhood screen, you feel really good, especially if it's for your first time and you start trading kind of scared almost. You, you don't want to lose the five digit number because you're so proud of it. Um, but I'll, I'll go into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, this is not the best trading style per se for like people that just have, you know, a hundred K lying around and they just loaded their options portfolio with 10 K. Um, I might talk about that scenario a bit at the end, but this is for the people that work really, really hard and maybe got unlucky, but don't just have 10K lying around to constantly uh, reload with. I'm using hand quotes there or air quotes. Um, so just keep that in mind. Alrighty, um, I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, you need to start with investing in your IRA. If you have a 10K portfolio, but you don't have an IRA, I highly suggest that you open up an IRA and contribute the 6K and then start with 4K and then listen to the 5K or less episode um, that I recorded previously. Say, for whatever example, um, you did already contribute to your IRA, congrats. Your future self will thank you a lot. Uh, and something that's said in chat right now is that you know having the peace of mind of an IRA makes you a better trader on the higher risk stuff, which we will be talking about now. So imagine you have the $6,000 in an IRA and then you have 10K in your individual portfolio that's taxable. Um, now, con finally, congrats, by the way, uh, of reaching that five-digit number. You need to start trading in a way where the probability of profit starts working in your favor. Um, you know, it took a while. You got to 10K. Nice, good work. Maybe you got lucky. You need to preserve this capital. Um, but imagine when you have a 5K or less portfolio, you are typically playing, if you're talking about spreads, um, with a max loss of 100. The, those typical spreads playing tickers that are blue chip might give you back premium, maybe like 20, 30% of your max loss. Um, you know, And when you work with spreads, say for example, it gives you 20% of your max loss, um, you need to win about like five of those in order to break even. Um, for a 10K portfolio, what you can do is you can start increasing your max loss for spreads to 200, where you're still getting the roughly the same amount of premium um, percentage-wise, but the probability of profit is just a little bit better for you um, because the spreads are a little bit wider, giving you a little bit more room for error uh, for, price, uh, for price movement. And you'll start seeing that you're going to be winning your trades a little bit more often. Is there a scenario where you can lose five in a row and get got if you don't uh, you know, account for max loss? Yes, it's happened to me. I have proof of it at thetagame.com slash uni. You need to be very, very careful when you start trading with bigger amounts. 
But that's why I say, you know, deposit or contribute into your IRA. Uh, and if you have 5K or less portfolio, start with a $100 max loss. Um, and then you start, you know, getting the good fundamentals there of holding your spreads to expiration, especially if they're red. If they're green, take it off with a profit trigger. You know, you'll start learning like trigger discipline um, early. Um, but now that you have this 10K portfolio, what you can do is you can make your spreads wider, um, getting just a little bit more premium, having a better probability profit, more room for error, um, and just seeing your money work better for you um, than when you're under less than 5K. Something also to note when you finally reach 10K is that you are now in the range where you can start wheeling pretty decent companies. Um, say, for example, um, the only two that I can think of right now at this moment is AMD and Snapchat. The only reason why I say those two is typically my uh, viewer listenership is with people in the demographic of like um, 18 to 30. And, you know, being, you know, just someone on the Internet on Reddit, um, I have a lot of Wall Street bet listeners. Um, and so just trading what you know and what you see on your day to day is just generally my go to advice for someone that's starting to learn how to wheel. It's much easier to hold a company um, that you're wheeling, that you're losing on, that you know of. Say, for example, you know, I tell you, oh, there's this biopharmacal suit of <laughs> biofarm stock um, uh, that gives you insane IV premium and you get to get a lot more premium for, uh, you know, your wheel um, and then you get assigned on it. And then, you know, it's going down and you don't know why it's going down. You have no idea how to relate to it or how to look up news. You don't know how to look at trial tests and all that stuff. But compare that with Snapchat or compare that with AMD, something that you see on a day-to-day um, that you can make more um, sense of when you see news-wise. Um, so just that being said, Snapchat is under the 10K mark and so is uh, AMD when it comes to wheeling. But here we go. One thing I'd advise when you have a 10K portfolio, back when I had a 10K portfolio last year, um, Stocks were a lot cheaper. AMD was in, I think, like the $50 range, the $40, $50 range. So when I were to wheel AMD, it would only, at most, take up 5K worth of capital. And what that means is, say, for example, I put on a bet that says, hey, I don't think AMDs could go below 40 bucks. So I'm going to open the AMD wheel for uh on the $40 strike price and I'm going to be paid I don't know 200 bucks for it for like a 2 week expiry. When I do that trade, 4k of my 10k vanishes. You know, it goes it, it's held up by the market. If that were to get assigned, if that trade were to go wrong, I would own 100 shares of AMD under the sub 40 price. Like I'd own like 100 shares of AMD I paid $40 each for the shares, but maybe it's at 38. I ate a loss, okay? I'm, I still have the loss. I didn't realize the loss yet, um, but I now have the extra 6K, because remember, to wheel AMD at the time last year was 4K, so I have 6K left over, and I had already maxed my IRA. Um, I now have money to wheel again. I can sell another put 
I can buy another 100 shares of AMD if I want, just like outright, and then lower my breaking that way, and then sell cover calls that are closer to the money, two of them, to help me accelerate um, uh, me breaking even. The thing that you want to watch out for is when you are in this 10K scenario, right now, you would have to pick some pretty low cap stocks that don't have a lot of hype or that just aren't very well known. I was very lucky to have started experimenting with wheels last year when stocks were a bit cheaper um, to get my footing uh, when I you know, eventually got up to 100K plus portfolio and now I'm like say wheeling Tesla or Shopify or Nvidia, all, all, all these companies that I've always dreamed of you know, owning and now being able to buy 100 shares outright or like opening a wheel, you need to learn the fundamentals of holding a losing position early. What I'm saying to you now is I believe it's a little dangerous for you to have a 10K portfolio and to wheel AMD. I don't know whether or not you also want to do Snapchat, but I'll leave that up to you. Just really make sure you understand, you know, if you if the trade goes south and you open a put or you write a put or you sell a put um, for the wheel, you're going to be holding on to that stock for quite some time, sometimes, right? Sometimes you could sell the cover call very quickly and then you have it assigned and it goes away in a week. But sometimes you hold that position for a long time. If you're the type of person that got lucky and say, you know, you bought some GameStop calls and now you have a five digit portfolio, you know, around 10K and you're listening to this, um, you're going to get really, really bored of holding the 100 stock especially if it's red and you're going to sell that for a loss and you're going to think oh this is this is not a viable strategy this doesn't work this strategy is for people that have a neutral perspective on the market and don't necessarily think that the market's going to skyrocket upwards and also for people that are willing to sit on a position to you know have the numbers play out when you buy calls or you buy puts especially naked you're kind of just betting on very quick volatile movement and scalping that and getting out. Theta gain strategies require you to hold assets for a very long time or equity for a very long time, aka common stock for a very long time. And sometimes it requires you to keep a losing contract open for a very long time. So that said, if you are uh, wheeling one company with your entire portfolio size, it's asking for trouble not because your max loss is huge because honestly i don't think um you know a company like amd is gonna go down like 20 percent in a week and or if it does i mean there's some other issue going on with the market that's not just specific to amd um if you are wheeling only one company for your entire portfolio size you're going to be very limited on your options on how to get out um, say for example, you know, what if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your portfolio? Now suddenly, if you were to get assigned on one AMD put, you can quickly just buy two hundred shares of AMD and cut your break even almost in half, or not your break even, but your your amount to break even in half, and you get accelerated much faster, being able to get out of your red position. Uh, because you have all this leftover capital to double down on your losing position. 
if you only have $10,000 and you open a $9,000 position, you don't have any options to help accelerate you get out, getting out of the red position. Yes, stocks do go up, stonks go up, stocks eventually go up, but what I'm trying to protect you here from is uh, being impatient. You know, a lot of YouTubers, you know, pushing these type of strategies will say, oh, you know, just sell the cover call and, you know, collect enough premium and, you know, eventually you'll pay off all the shares. That See, that's the type of mentality and that's the type of stuff that you shouldn't listen to because that's not realistic, right? Here is some random stranger on the internet right now on a podcast episode talking alone by his room wearing cat ear headphones, talking to you, giving you genuine anecdotal advice of what happened, you know, to him, aka me, um, and, you know, having the extra capital to double down, um, especially on a company you already enjoy owning, is huge. So when you're in this 10K range, these companies that you finally, finally get to wheel are going to be very, very enticing. And I'm, don't let me be the person to say no. Don't wheel AMD because I think AMD is an excellent company. I have shares in AMD. Um, but I would not wheel AMD with the hopes of being rich, right? Like if you want to wheel AMD and have a responsible, and you don't want to maintain too many trades at once, I can totally see the argument of opening an AMD wheel. But if AMD were to go south, you're not going to have a fun time. And ha keeping trading fun, keeping this learning experience fun is just the the juice right like you want this to be a fun process and you want this to be a learning process if you're stuck in the hole with amd that's going to limit the amount of trades that you can effectively do making making you not be able to learn as much through execution because i think that's the best type of learning right you can learn from a book you can learn from a podcast you can learn from a website you can learn from forums reddit whatever but nothing will ever teach you better than actually executing trades on your own and I just think, you know, being able to wheel a company you genuinely like multiple times is the best scenario forward. Um, wheeling does, in fact, give you a much better probability of profit than selling, say, put credit spreads or any spreads for that matter. Because your max loss is way different. You own shares at the very end. So that said, you need to make sure that the shares that you potentially get to be assigned with or, you know, that get exercised and you get assigned with, um, you need to 100% make sure you're willing to hold it for the long haul because otherwise there's no point to this strategy and you're not letting you know the numbers play out long term. If you are the type of person to say get assigned on a put, you know, after writing a put, selling a put, um, you and then you immediately sell the stock for a loss when you do get assigned, you will not make it make using this strategy. You need to absolutely again one more time i sound like a broken record make sure you enjoy the stock that you are potentially going to hold there's no such thing as never getting assigned everybody gets assigned don't think it won't happen to you because it will uh so just going back to the earlier example of increasing your max loss to 200 for spreads um because with a 5k or less portfolio in order to have 50 plays go completely wrong, um, you know, you can have a max loss of $100 per trade or, you know, a, a dollar width of strikes per spread. Having $10,000 is a great achievement and you want to protect that. Um, you can start experimenting with maybe, you know, opening a few 
you know, consistently keep doing the $100 spreads, maybe, um, or the $1 width spreads, $1, $100 max loss spreads, all of which are the same thing. Continue experimenting with that. Maybe you, you just genuinely like that strategy. You like the quantity of just trades going through. You feel like you're learning a lot. Then, you know, after listening to this podcast, you, you listen to me saying like, uh, oh, you know, going up to 200, it's not a bad idea as long as, you know, as long as I keep my uh, max loss in check, I understand where I lose and all that good stuff. What I started doing later um, was I started doing my golden spread. And, you know, I have a podcast episode uh, that's called put credit spreads, I believe. It's my favorite. It was my favorite type of trade at the time because I figured, you know, I like being bullish and neutral. Um, so I liked it more than the call credit spread. But I quickly found out that um, my golden ratio was max loss of 400 receiving around $100 worth of premium and then having a 50% trigger on that. But that took a long time for me to get to that level. This is not something where I'm saying, as soon as you hit 10K, open up that $400 max loss because that is going to be insanely scary for you because if you came from just doing a $100 max loss and you increase that to 400, yes, you will receive more premium. That is guaranteed. But you will also lose much faster than you ever have, uh, especially if your first position turns red and that's going to scare you a lot. You need to build up to having that type of max loss work out for you. Um, if you are in a scenario where you know you're right now saying, "Oh, you know what? I've I've done spreads before. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna go straight to 400." Um, you need to have had a system uh, before you get there, because if you don't have a system, you're going to close out your losing positions too early, and you're going to keep your winning positions on too uh, too too much or too too late, right? Uh, because winning positions can always turn into losing positions and vice versa. Um, if you don't have a system, like if you don't know what your trigger percentages are, like, you know, how many times have you said, oh, you know, I'm up on this, so I'm just going to let it ride, right? That's absolutely not what you want to do when you have a system. You don't let anything ride. You either keep it open on purpose with a very, very stringent purpose of this having to reach this X amount, or you close it for a profit and you exit with this amount, or you let it expire, or you let it um, reach max loss on its own accord. You don't force any sort of loss. Um, all of which I've learned from doing smaller trades like the 5K or less episode, and then just building that into um, bigger trades like the 400 max loss that I'm talking about now. Um, having the $400 max loss doesn't let you lose 50 times on a 10K portfolio either. Um, let me just do the quick math right now on my keyboard and keep you guys on this podcast right now. So the 10,000 divided by 400, that lets you play 25 plays that go that could absolutely go to zero. Um, and then you would, you know, you, you wouldn't be fine, uh, but that would be the 10K gone. 10K, losing 10K in the beginning is very, very hard. Um, and by that, I mean, it's hard on you. It's easy to lose 10K, but it's very hard on your you know, your mindset. If you lose 10K, you lose a five digit number. I totally feel that. Like, it's not a good feeling. I've lost a 10 or I've lost a five digit figure before and it's not a good feeling. So I'm here being like your future self, almost telling you like, hey, you know, let's do this responsibly. 
Um, don't be jumping into strategies that you've never done before, especially if the person that's telling you the strategy is saying, hey, do these smaller steps first, right? It's very important that um, you build up to it, like a lot of things in life. To top this all off, you do have one other option that uh, I have not mentioned yet, and that's just buying and holding stock. Maybe you want to slam your 10K into an ETF and you know, uh, you can't quite sell a covered call on most ETFs with 10K, but if you want to just slam it into a stock that you think is high growth and you know it's worth the risk that you put on yourself, then yeah, by all means, just slam it into a, pro and slam it into a stock that you like, um, that you genuinely like, even if you can't buy 100 shares of it that you could, so you can sell a covered call, but maybe it's a start. You can start depositing into your portfolio. And remember, the main way to get from 5K to 10K portfolio is weekly deposits. It's not the gains you make from 5K to 10K that get you to 10K. It's your weekly deposits. It's your paycheck. It's what you do for a living. It's what you do on your side hustle. It's how you make money that you put into your portfolio to enable you to make more money on your money. I hope that makes sense. It's not the gains that compound, especially from a smaller portfolio. You need to be successful first and then become successful one more time in the trading world. A lot of people say, oh, check out my video where I turned $1,000 into 100K. Like, that is such a toxic video. It, <clears throat> I got super triggered there. When I'm on YouTube, things will change and I'm, I'm going to call people out, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be crazy, okay? So just understand that like, you're not gonna get a $1,000 portfolio turning into 100K without doing some insane Omega lucky play. Congrats to you if you've done it. Like I'm not clowning on you for doing it. I'm just saying that it's not a realistic scenario and it should never be a title in a video. It's very toxic. Um, so just understand, from the 5K portfolio, maybe you know, you're know you not at 10K yet, but you're still listening to the podcast, which I, I thank you for. Um, the way you get from 5K to 10K is mainly through weekly deposits. And maybe part of that weekly deposit plan is you slam your 5K or you know your 6, 7K into a stock and you deposit regularly and every week you buy more of that stock until you reach 10K worth of capital being in that stock position. And then you know what? Maybe you don't like holding on to the stock anymore. You sell out of the stock position. Now you have just 10K in your portfolio that you could run a wheel on AMD on or maybe like Snapchat. There's so many ways to organize your money and your plan to get from one tier to the next, right? Just make sure that you have it in your head that it's not expected for you to just deposit 5K and then turn that into 100K. That's just unrealistic. You need to be depositing more and more money and trading responsibly because preserving wealth is just as important as building wealth. You need to make sure you understand, oh, you know what, if this trade goes south, I'll be really deep in the hole and I won't be able to get out for quite some time. So you know what, I'm not gonna do this trade at all. A lot of people, when they go on Wall Street Bets, they only have this vision of making it big one time for that Reddit post or making it one time to retire. And that's cool. I'll never take that away from someone, but it's when people push that strategy to be the strategy that will save you. It, that's just like predatory, I guess. Like that's not a good way to portray how options can work and how they should be used. But if you go in with a mindset 
that that's not the way that you build wealth, you'll preserve it along the way because you're not making stupid plays anymore. You're not making these like lotto plays that eventually add up. Like imagine a scenario where every time you thought about doing a lotto play, you deposited that money into your portfolio. That's a great way to build up your portfolio too. Every time you see someone say, oh, Palantir 50 calls, you, instead of like buying those 50, those calls, that, that amount of calls, you just put that in your portfolio instead. Maybe you even just like buy one or two of those calls just so you have some skin in the game and you, and you like keeping an eye on it and you log it. And then, you know, when you log it for a loss and you're like, wow, I'm really glad I put some of that money into my portfolio instead. Or if it wins, then you put money in your portfolio and you won a bit from, you know, Palantir reaching 50 bucks, which is a whole topic in its own. A lot of people are into Palantir and I just mentioned it because it's a meme stock. Um, but yeah, there's just so many ways to build your portfolio and it's not expected that you um, get there uh get to the next tier in, in you know in my ears or in my eyes uh my vision uh, the next tier to 10k through solely from pop profits from the 5k Okay, um, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode. You can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang. Follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me at juni at thetagang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with a Theta Gang referral is a huge help. That's Theta Gang, all caps, one word. Um, I also want to give a uh, thank you to my patrons yet again. I mean, I always do in every podcast. Um, but as I'm pulling their names up, uh, we're still sold uh, out of patreon seats so that's a really cool feeling um people ask me all the time hey are you going to be opening up uh, a lower tier no i am not i think the value that um i provide as i i feel weird even saying that as like a service i'm using air quotes here uh is like correctly valued and just the lower tiers i'm respecting because um you know, those are the people that got grandfathered in basically for believing in me um, before I got, you know, big. And there, there's that air quotes again, because I'm not big by any means. Um, but it's, they were just a lot earlier than other people. So I just want to respect that they have a lower tier. I want to give a extended shout out to Majadir, Just Win, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZN, Miko, Steve Ounce, Yumosin, PFM, DJ Mac86, Pacro, Boop, Mitch87, HNIV, Craig Thomas, DJ Wilson, Multimetic, <laughs> statistically random, Tom Hamas, BK Trade, Baked Potato, WHH4000, Island Bell, Wheaton, Lick, Nal, Lur, Cheese, Meltman, Chaivanis, NM, M Hayden, Little, MBK, Menno, Dum Dum, Ground Pound 95, Casino, Leo, Jetson, Johnny Five, Fancy Wolf, Nate the River, Descendant, Murph Q, Norfis, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Essential, Saltwater Cure, Los Gator, Lazy Reservist, Jester, Crispy Cream Boy, Hermes Kaput, Rest of Your Shifty, AG, and Ensis 88. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I guess this was fun. I mean, this is the second podcast episode that I recorded live in a row. So that's cool. 
Um, I have people in chat with me here. Let me go and give that a refresh. I have arms, legs, hands, feet. All right, Blunderbuss, Canada, Jeebus, Cheese, uh, Droop Dog, D Sauce Forty Nine, GI Joe, Zeb Bauer, Red Bull, Tom Thomas, and Wainerkins. Um, I will see everybody on Tuesday, um, six p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash real gang. Um, these last few streams have been huge, like super, super huge. Um, you know, before in, and this has all happened in 2021. Um, in 2020, my average amount of views per Tuesday live stream was um, around 20, like 20 people, like 18, 20 people. Now it's a solid 40. And that's crazy. It's like it just doubled out of nowhere. I think maybe people might have listened, started listening to the podcast more during the holidays, during like their times like of traveling or you know going to see their family. Maybe they they have some podcast episodes to catch up on, so they finally realize about the podcast or the stream. Because um, I don't do any advertising. I'm not like on Reddit. I'm not on um, Twitter saying like, oh, come join this platform. Um, I do say that like I'm streaming, but like I don't like have any ad campaigns. There's no ads on the site. There's there's no ads about the site anywhere. Uh, so just like seeing the amount of users go up is really really cool because it, it's not artificial. Like I'm not paying for people to like follow me or tune in, and it's it's just literally word of mouth. And I think that's the sickest part of everything. Um, so yeah, just thank you to everybody uh, for tuning into this live stream and tuning into this podcast episode. Uh, right now, there is a little bit of downward pressure from the market. Um, last week on the podcast episode, I did say I don't see any reason for the market to go down. Um, I still have that thesis. I still don't understand why we're going down. Besides, you know, uh, normal going up and down. Stocks do go down. I've mentioned that before. Um, you know. It's just something to just get used to. If you are constantly feeling like, oh, the market's rigged because it's going down, then I think you're getting a little bit greedy. You need to take a step back and understand there needs to be some regulating of price because if stocks only went up, then everybody would make money and it'd be insanely hard to lose money. But there needs to be losers in the market. Um, it's just the way it is especially in options, because you always hear that term that's a zero-sum game. Um, yeah, so this is just a little bit of motivation. If you're cur currently feeling like a little bit down or if you're down for the year, um, just find that extra motivation to do a little bit more due diligence on your next few plays. And uh, you know, make sure you're logging your trades as well so you can look back at them and then see like, oh, you know, this wasn't a smart trade and you know, I probably shouldn't do this this week or um, oh, this trade went well. Maybe I'll go back to this trade uh, and all that fun stuff. So stay responsible. Do the right things. Uh, you will know when you're about to do something risky because you'll probably question it. You you might hear my voice saying like, don't play earnings. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as long as you're having fun, that's cool. But it's when you start getting mad, that's when it's not cool. You need to definitely make sure that you're not getting mad because this is supposed to be a lifelong fun hobby right like most people don't retire just from the stock market in fact they like get to retire earlier from the stock market but it's not them solely retiring from the stock market there are a few lucky few i admit for sure 
But for most cases, this is only to accelerate you to be able to retire early. Um, yeah. So I will see everybody hopefully on the Tuesday live stream. If I can't see you, if I don't see you, then absolutely have a great week. And uh, I'll see everybody on the next podcast episode.